This is JFM Podcast. understanding on a daily basis. All I'm trying to say is that within Pangshin local government, from 1999 to that, we have never been to the Senate. Leading to critical social, political, and economic conversations by those who matter. If you chop alone, you will die alone. He did not chop alone. So it is his turn to chop. Today, look at the consequences. That is such a man that had the temerity, the audacity, to talk to a governor who still produced, produced the highest votes in 2015. In 2015, what happened to him? He insisted that his own boy would be governor. The best journalists are seeking all the hidden answers with active citizens reacting. As at the time that Solomon Ladd left office, that was in 1983, there was a very big gap between 1983 and also 1999. Seriously. Join Ponsak Fadan and Gilbert Joseph as they talk to those that matter to enable you grapple with the issues. Weekdays 5 to 6 p.m. on Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 FM. Good evening and welcome to the program Nigeria at Sunset on J101.9 here in Jaws. My name is Ponsak Fanav. It's a beautiful uh, Tuesday evening. Uh, today is 14th of March 2023. Gilbert Joseph is here. Good evening. How's your day? How's it going? Had a great day. Um, similar to the sort of day you had, Ponsak, because I could relate to you know, your last activities. But Chindanduji. <laughs> Whatever that means, really. Um, but I think it was a pretty good day. Good evening to our listeners as well. It is. Well, the weather is good. It's warm today. Uh, well, we give thanks. I would like to wish my friend a belated birthday. Uh, that is Josh of Josh's Creations. I mean, one of the best uh, printers we have in Plato State, doing great work. Uh, so my friend, my brother, I mean, he turned 40. So happy birthday to you, Josh. I pray that God will bless you immensely. I'd like to bring to... The notice, um, some people came to me this afternoon complaining that their road uh, from Kufang, Longwa, Sele, uh, to um, Amis Solomon Lara, Park, that is Domkat Bali, terrible road. Uh, and the community guys, they did great effort. They mobilized, they met with the palm sector. The road was awarded in 2018. They met with the palm sector, the Ministry of Works. He promised that... The, uh, the job is going to look, look into, they even met the uh, commissioner for works at the time, uh, which is the current, current running me yet. Uh, and he said that they should write a letter of reminder. I saw the reminder letter, but nothing has been done. They told me that when it rains, I mean, it's just like flood. Uh, and the threat of erosion and bad road, basically. They have to always park, you know, alternatively uh, somewhere. So... Government is a continuum, uh, and government doesn't stop even if there's politics. Uh, government continues. So, Kufang Longwa Sele Road, please, government should do, especially uh, Ministry of Works here in Plateau State. On that note, um, you just reminded me really of the situation somewhere around the industrial layout on your way to um, the Nigerian Air Force Base. You know, ironically, there are a good number of companies around there. And of course, it's like I said earlier, the industrial layout. 
But the root situation is terrible. <laughs> it's something, it's an experience you wouldn't want to have, especially during the rainy seasons. Um, you begin to wonder where the place of corporate social responsibility is. And I think um, people just have to do things better, be it government, be it private sectors. If you're earning um, you know, a good sum from a certain place, then it behoves on you to give back to that society. And that is what people are expected to do. Just show some remorse, show some you know, humane, basic qualities. I think that's it. True. I mean, you saw the video released by Sheikh Shah, uh, Sani Ajingar. Yeah. Um, it's yet another video. Yet another video. And um, it's, I, I it's unfortunate. I, I, I do. I, I really do. I don't have a problem. I really do. I think there should be moderation in everything. And by and large, speech moderation is key. Because it, 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 if somebody, you know, not so close to his stature, says that perhaps we wouldn't be taking it with any um any any bigger sign or trying to paint a bigger picture from the things he's saying uh, people should just understand their place in society and act accordingly and i think that's basic yes yes you have your rights to you know free speech yeah. uh, but there's a limit to the all of this the only point that i was angry or disappointed in the revered religious uh, cleric was him call, uh, calling out the Birums to say that they're killers. But it's, it's the same thing that happened in the prior video. I mean, why would so you... So, single out... Yeah, but it just shows me, you know, the kind of person he is, you know, really. Uh, th and that's why I say I don't have it, because leadership should come with some a form of responsibility and moderation in things that you... Even in the things that you eat, your eating habit and your uh, the way you talk with moderation... Uh, it should help instead of you know always speaking as if you know people don't uh, matter to you. Uh, I think that leadership comes with a lot of responsibility, especially that uh, you are a religious uh, leader. For him to single out the Biram as well, I, I do not. I do not. He had no reason. He had no reason basically to do that, and uh, you begin to wonder. You begin to ask questions like. Are some people above authorities? Are some people living beyond reproach? These are issues that society needs to take up on. And it doesn't matter what religion you profess. You profess. There, is, there is a basic fundamental line that governs society. And whoever goes past that, I think it needs to be called to order. And so far we haven't heard anything. It's, it's too bad. You are allowed to indulge in politics, and I think it's within every human person's right. But don't try to inflict harm on society. Basically, that's the worry that you know uh, all of us have agreed upon I here do. in the studio. So it's simple as that, Ponsak. I do understand. Well, let's introduce our guests. Uh, well, I would like for us to have <laughs> a lot of time to talk. I guess this evening is the Anglican Archbishop of Jos, His Lordship Archbishop Benjamin Argaquashi. Good evening, His Lordship. Thank you very much for coming. It's good to see you again. Always bubbly, always. A matter of fact, yesterday I was, I just looked up your name on the internet. I never knew you play basketball. But it was many, many years ago. I saw the picture. I said, no. Uh, Bishop, I don't, he was young that time. <laughs> it's good to see you, sir. Good evening. Thank you, Ponsak. And not only basketball, I am mourning the death of my coach, oh. allergic coach, Samai Lamabo. 
who was our coach as uh, young academicals in this city. Wow. 1970, 71. Accept my deepest condolences. Thank you. Yeah. And by the way, congratulations on your 31st Episcopacy. Yes, thank you very much. I'm that old. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about uh, Plato, the city, the different interests, and the one interest of the different peoples. The city, I mean. Uh, growing up in Jaws, I, I grew up uh, shortly... Well, I, I witnessed the 2001 crisis. But a lot of things didn't occur to me until I started reading about, you know, Plato, uh, doing research when I was in, you know, school... Uh, going to conferences and listening to uh, opinion molders speak about Plato. But as it is right now, you know, it's just this election that I'm beginning to raise, ask myself, why are different people, why the interests of different people on Plato? What is it about Plato that a lot of people, you know, are interested in? Uh, could it be they are seeing something that we don't see? For example, I don't know exactly where your question is leading, but I do know this, that when something is beautiful, is good, and is lovely, it attracts insects, it attracts um, bees, it attracts reptiles it attracts anything and everybody because it is beautiful and jaws has this reputation as a matter of fact plateau state as a whole has this reputation of being um, a beautiful place situated in the heart of nigeria 4000 feet and in some places, 5,000 feet above sea level. Temperate climate. Wonderful people. All the tribes on the plateau. Very hospitable. Very kind. And mostly hardworking. Each one of the tribes on the plateau. If you're looking for cheap labor, people on the plateau are able to provide it. They don't struggle much. Wonderful farmers gifted people when it comes to intellect they're not behind in the ways in which Nigeria grew and I would remember that when General Gorm became the head of state and created 12 states Benue Plateau was ranked third um, let me correct myself I think fourth third or fourth yeah. in the cut of marks any higher institution entry point in Nigeria. And the sports, you will count at that time Green Eagles. And you will count at least six or seven players from Nigeria up to date. In basketball, the picks were leading. In terms of men of character, again, Plato produced many. I just told you about Garba, um, Samaila Mabo. Yes, and you can go on and on and on. In the junior academicals, again, I saw a write-up by Fabon who named people like um, George Hassan and others with Coach Desi, Desi leading. 
London Wadakin was in that team because we were the juniors at that time. And we saw Plato excel in nearly everything. And you will look at how we lived on the plateau. Christians and Muslims. I went to St. Luke's. And I can call the names of those of us who are few and alive. Muslims who are in the same class together. And our seniors like Garba Samael and Mabu went to St. Teresa's. And many of course. And others went to St. Paul's. And then in secondary level, St. John's and St. Murumba and St. Joseph's. We were all together. We were the envy of hospitality, of civility, of character, and of excellence in any field of endeavor. And we have the best Irish potatoes. Excuse me, just potatoes you okay. can get anywhere in the world. Yeah. Our potatoes don't rotten easily. They're exported. They're, they're just there. We have anything you can think of. People said apples couldn't grow in Africa. It has grown in, in Jaws. Yeah. Wheat has grown here. Pomegranates has grown here. I grow them. And the zoo of Jaws was a sight. People traveled from all over the world just to come to Jaws for holiday, for zoo sightseeing, and for just plain nature sightseeing. This is an envy of the enemies of Plateau. And those who love Plateau admire it for what it is. So those two are an attraction of what Plateau is. Let's talk about religion and politics. It's something that you are very, very familiar with. But the context right now in, in, in is uh, Plateau State. Why is it that every election circle you find people throwing up religious sentiment instead of allowing voters to think through and to make decisions that will benefit their lives in the long run? Why, why? And this is like since 1999, you know, they'll say, no, this one goes to India, you know, he's into some fetish things. Uh, to this day, people still throw up, you know, religious uh, card. Well, it's very simple. The only reason why Satan has not changed his tactics is because it has always worked. People are gullible to lies far more than they are to truth. And when it comes to religion, it is an emotive part of the people of Nigeria as a whole. It has been used long ago, but not as it has come to be now. It has taken a primary position. But the foolishness about that is that it does not change the price of salt. I mean, you can be as religious as you want. You still buy salt at the same cost. So the only reason why it is working is because people have not been told the truth of the situation. No matter what religion you choose to profess when it comes to politics and you use that as a card to vote for, it will not change your condition. It will not change it one bit. You will still be poor. You will still be oppressed. And those who use it are the ones Satan has taken hold of because it is self-centered, it is selfish, and it is self-serving while the people continue to suffer. That is evil. I mean... Uh I'm sure, maybe I'm guessing that you've watched the videos uh, 
by from Sheikh Sani Ajinkar. What was your thought about that? How does it make you feel? And he's a revered religious uh, leader. I mean, he leads a sect in Islam. In my position, I will not respond to Sheikh Sani Yahya Jinger on the media. Um, it, it will take me low. I won't do that. But I think that in Plateau State, he's a respected person. And leaders from Nigeria respect him. So I am a little bit restrained in my comments on that. But suffice it to say that in his shoes, I will not speak like that. Okay. All right. Let's look at um, exclusivism here. And I would like to give you an example with the situation in Lagos currently. And that is to the effect that, you know, there is this, it's our place. You can't infiltrate our place. So we want to be us. We want to do all that pertains to leadership in this state by ourselves. And so certain tribes shouldn't interfere. And much as that is even in itself unfortunate, it's where societies are headed towards. Uh, take for an example, the UK, the US, you know, even in Abuja, for example, it's still the same situation. Non-indigenous, you know, contributing significantly to the growth of those societies. And uh, much as, again, in the Western world, there appears to be some balance and acceptance to that effect, even though there's a semblance of resistance. What's, what should Plateau State learn from all of these events, from across Nigeria and from across the world? Because... Uh, society is heading towards a point where you can't do it all by yourself and you can't grow your society all by yourself. And then we're having to see these sharp differences manifest themselves. What does the future hold for Plateau in this effect? No, no, no. Look, it's not just Plateau. It's not that. Anywhere there is injustice, people will remember where they came from. Anywhere. Anywhere in the world. If people have come to the plateau and have found food on the plateau and have found employment on the plateau and have found a meaning of life and they can build and feel secure on the plateau, the question to ask is, who in the plateau has benefited from their expertise and prosperity? If that does not happen, the local people will raise a voice and say, look, there is injustice over us. It doesn't matter whether it's in the university, in the teaching hospital, in the market, or anywhere. If you come to a place and God has blessed you in that place, it is because God wants you to bless the people too. If you refuse to build and bless the people, you do not build them up, they will rise one day. It may be out of envy, anger, or feeling oppressed. So that is the one side. The other side is that the people of the land themselves, if they give in to oppression over people whom they have welcomed, both sides are going to be discontent. And it's going to be rotten when it heads up properly into whatever little thing happens. They feel, look, it is our town and we want it back. So whether it's in Lagos or in Plateau, it's the same feeling 
in the church is the same thing. Any church that does not develop its local community is fraudulent. It's not gospel. Any gospel anywhere in the world has always been a blessing to its local communities and the gospelers who brought it move on. That is how the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is. It's not for you to be selfish, self-centered, and look down on the people where you have come supposedly to preach the gospel to. No, you lift them up. Paul said that to the Corinthians, that we have brought the gospel in Corinth, and now you are kings. That is what it ought to be. You go to a community, you lift them up, you raise them. If you do not do that, one day it will blow up to your face. And it doesn't matter whether both of you are Christians or both of you are Muslims. It will definitely blow up. Okay. Um, religion and politics. Are you afraid that the secularity of this country has been affected? No, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not afraid. Secularity of this country will never be affected at all. At all. It's just opportunism. At the pace in which we are going? Forget about that pace. Listen to me. It's just opportunism. It's opportunism. If you look at the recent vote in Kaduna State, it tells you that it's temporary. Because once religion was brought into it, the people reacted. So yes, it may be there for a while, but it won't be there forever. It will, people will say, no, this is not working. It's not going to go beyond that. There are those who are afraid that um, perhaps uh, Nigeria is going to go into OIC. Nigeria will go there. Nigeria will get out. It, what benefit is it? Tell me how much religion has brought food to anybody. Only hard work has. Only work has. So it will be, it's a question of people who are using government. In the same way, some people will one day take government also and reverse it. It has happened world over. So there's an attempt by religion to undermine politics and for politics to undermine religion. And I think, uh, it, well, you have said obviously that we might get to the lowest and then eventually erupt from there. I don't know. I really don't know. But help us to understand. There's an attempt by politicians to, you know, be so opportunistic with religion and then eventually exploit it when they get out of the situation in which they are. And then it's, it's left at the bus stop. Then again, for religious leaders, for example, they think religion can help them to conquer politics. And it doesn't just give the results, the desired results. Help us to you know, understand this situation. It will never give the desired results. Religion will never. I know of Christianity, it won't. Because the nature of the gospel of God is this. Jesus was in a worse situation under Pontius Pilate. Herod named them. But he conquered. Because he was with the poor. The rich finished all their reign. And for 300 years after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the church was persecuted for 313 years. Yet it grew. One day, Constantine says he's changed his mind. We stopped killing these people. How many emperors killed Christians? How many thousands of them were burnt to death, massacred for just being Christians? But one day, it stopped after 300 years. So, if you look at the faith that I profess, that I have received, you can kill me today. But I assure you, it won't kill the movement of God. Because that's the nature of the 
faith that I have, that I profess, that I teach, that I've seen people live. And this is internationally all over the world. It is an unkillable faith. Now, Jesus himself said this, that you cannot serve God and money. God of the world is money. Those who are using religion want to use money to claim that they are serving God. They are liars. They are looking at their purses. The gospel of God has never survived independent on monies in people's pockets. For 313 years, I just told you, they were persecuted. They didn't have money. But the church spread throughout the world. Who built the Greek cities? Who built the Rome? The slaves, the Christian slaves. So the education they had, the humility, the service they offered, and their care for society was what built the nation. So I'm not afraid of those who are saying we are going to persecute us. So shall we be. We are in a persecuted faith. So, But when Jesus said, you cannot serve God and money, here is the catch. When you choose to serve God, money will follow you. Whether now or later, but God will fulfill his promise because heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. So the mistake we make is that when you have arrived at a certain place, you think, oh, we need money for the gospel. It's not true. If we needed it, Jesus would have said, I have now authority over heaven and earth. I'm risen from the dead. Go and preach the word, but wait, I will give you money before you go. He did not add money to that command. It's a mistake of the Christians. We must correct it. All right. Pastor, before you, you yeah. know, help us to assess recent events in light of the demonization by politicians of themselves. You know, there's accusations and counter-accusations going on. You used religion, you know, in the course of this election, you did not use religion. Um, I used ethnicity, you did not use ethnicity. Help us to really understand, is, is that some pretentiousness or hypocrisy in the path of these people? Because it appears that holistically, all parties eventually, um, for whatever reasons, involves the use of either religion or ethnicity or regionalism in the cause of their campaigns. I think Lagosians have gone over that now, to their credit. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th I hope that the civilization of education should help people see beyond that. Because after you have demonized your colleagues in two or three weeks, somebody will win by Sunday. What will you do? And it is worse where it is a, a state where it's mostly, let's say, that they're all church people. How will you take the Holy Communion after demonizing your brother? It doesn't make sense. And when you finish doing that, who wins? Who wins and who loses? So I would think that the slander, the blackmail, and the sheer wickedness of use of words and cook-up stories against one another. Here is what I have to say that I know that is true. God of heaven that I have served for 68 years, he has never blessed wickedness he has never will never so it's unfortunate that those who do this will have to live with the curse of god's wrath upon their lives and believe me upon generations of their children right, let's talk about here in plateau state you live within a context of society 
Are you happy with how you've been governed over the last, I mean, since 2015? Um, you mean govern, how? At I've the been state level. At yeah. the state level. Yeah, how leadership. No, how I feel is immaterial. Because you see. No, I, but, but you control, you, not, you, you serve people. You, I do. Uh, I you, do. you serve mm. people. And yeah. people have worries, they have concerns. Maybe they call you in the night to say, his lordship, we don't have what to eat in the morning. That's I don't true. have transport, you know, I don't have hospital fee. Mm. And at times, you know, you stay up and wish that if the government had health insurance, you know, these people wouldn't, you know, uh, bother themselves uh, that much. If government has uh, jobs, these people, will, because they're hardworking people, you've just said the plot to people, are hardworking people. Mm. Are you, are you, what, how exactly are you feeling, uh, especially people like you that are well-respected and you, you, you are in the business of serving, you know, other human beings? Look, I've, I've, I've been a priest <laughs> for over 45 years, okay? And so that should tell you how many governments I have seen. Mm-hmm. I've traveled to the UK um, as an ordinance, as a postulant, without a visa. First time I'll be asked to get a visa was 1986, and I was shocked. The Nigerian Naira was equivalent to the pound. Even at my ordination, I bought my first car, Panel Van 1982, 4,500, brand new. I still have it. Brand new? Brand new. I bought it in 19... No, 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 no. Brand new. Or Belgium. No, 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 no. That was the first and the last brand new car I've ever bought in my life. 1982. So I've seen governments tell lies. I've seen governments degenerate to the point, like, for example, when um, the votes and the campaigns to uh, vote APC against PDP of Jonathan uh, Goodluck, Mm -hmm. the the belief was that things are going to get better. And the hype was huge. And the convictions were very big. And even in Plateau State's, because we've suffered so much death and killings, we wanted a relief. And we voted APC. Thank God we did, because now we know better. If we hadn't done, we would not have known that the federal government didn't even bother about Plateau State, because the killings continued. So you're asking how I feel in terms of governance. I can tell here, you that... Here in Plateau State, yeah. Yeah, in Plateau State. I, I, I've never bothered. I've never trusted that governments will solve my problems at all. But you care about people and you want people to live good and happy lives. I mean, that's the whole essence of life. Really. Listen to me carefully. <laughs> the people voted the government. They did. If they listen to me, they will choose wisely. But people don't listen to people like me. They choose according to their tribes. They come to church. They choose, and they've got to live with it. What can I do? I remember warning previous that when you choose, please don't come and tell me we should now pray for this government. It is bad. No, it's your choice. So if people want to make a choice and they surrender their choice to me and we agree that it is me, so I'll take the responsibility, that's fine. Nevertheless, let me tell you, my calling is to look after people. So regardless of who you choose, if I am able, I will. And where I am able and the door opens, I speak to governments. I have spoke to governors in the state 
who care to listen to me. And they have helped and alleviated situations. I heard you talking about road here. I won't mention with government. Mm -hmm. But I traveled, I went to the rural areas, and I remember talking to one governor, and I won't mention the name. I said, Ankedidi, you seem to have forgotten these people. He said, where? I said, and I told him. He said, wow. Believe me, to his credit, in two weeks' time, road was made to that place. The place is open now. There are governments who would not open their doors to me. They hold me in suspect. I cannot do anything. I will suffer along with my people and with everybody else. But in my job, I will do the best I can. I've opened schools. My schools don't go on strike. Yeah, sure. And my teachers are basically paid, and they are very happy. Young Nigerian, young Plateau State, indigenous people who serve communities because I teach them nobody will save Plateau State. The missionaries that came to us in 1906, they have died, their graves, I want to rebuild them. The, some of the godly Yoruba people who came to help us to teach, they served, and some Igbos who came to teach and serve, they have all gone, we will never forget them, we are grateful. But now it is our turn on the plateau to serve our people. And it so happens, I'm from the plateau. Generally in the Anglican church, they don't care where they send you. Most people thought I was a Hausa boy or a Yoruba boy. But when I was finally elected, Archbishop Adetilo asked, are you from here? Because he heard me speaking language. I said, yes, sir. And I speak Yoruba too. So I am here to serve the people of the plateau, whether they are Yoruba, Igbo, Angas, Birom, anybody. And I have institutions that alleviate people's situation. I pray that some government will see what we are doing as a church to support what we are doing. Unfortunately, I've not seen governments do that in my 31 years of being on the plateau. I hope that doesn't uh, you know, sound like you're tired of speaking to government, sir. No, no, no. I will never be until I die. As a matter of fact, I'm retiring. And the, my retirement is going to be that I'm going to live in the bush with people till I die. I will be buried with the poor people. In the rural areas. May God answer your prayer. Amen. May it be according to your good intention. Amen. Let's talk about, I mean, in Africa, you've, you've traveled far and wide in Africa. How does it make you feel that African politicians always use religion and tribe as a means of organizing people to get vote instead of selling ideas? Uh, using a classical example of Plato right now. You hear people say, no, we're dealing with this and gas people. We're dealing with the Mugavu people. Uh, we're dealing with these people. We're de Instead of, and at the end of the day, I find it very amusing that the electorates don't even pay attention to the ideas of the politician. What they do pay attention to is who organized them around religion, ethnicity, and tribe. Let me, let me tell you that the very first thing is that the pastors... In, in most pastors, I would say, because I've, see, I've heard these kind of things all over Africa, most pastors don't seem to know historical theology. Apartheid was not started in the mosque. It was started in the church. Yeah, sure. The killings between Hutus and Tutsis was started in the church. And it's a thin line of careless statements of either saying 
is our turn as majority or is our turn as minority. And if pastors do not take the opportunity to debunk it from the church, perhaps the pastor is among the majority or perhaps the pastor is among the minority. So he supports his people. He has left the gospel of Jesus Christ completely and is going to pay for it. We must, as pastors, bring people together. Because as long as that dichotomy or segregation is being perpetuated and the pulpit does not address it, this is how it goes. If you come to church, the rich sit separately and the poor sit separately. That needs to be addressed immediately. If it is not, majority, minority begins to come in slowly. And it doesn't take a little matchbox before the thing engulfs tribes. The comments you are talking about in plateau states, they are becoming more frightening now. It is getting to a dangerous point that by Saturday, only God knows what will happen on Monday. Because some very self-centered people who come to church, they don't fear God. They are so self-centered that the, the pot of their political winning is all their life. Nothing to do with the people. Is their greed and their greed for power, their greed for control, and their greed for money that makes them sell out this and they have their runner boys. But I do have a story to tell. I have seen that when you push these runner boys with your greed... Just wait for one more generation in your lifetime. Those thugs will turn against you and your family. It has always happened. It has always happened, whether in South Africa or in America or in Germany or anywhere in the world, including Nigeria. It has always happened. History has shown that the poison you sow into the hearts of people has a way of eating you and your children in history. Well, let's open up the conversation. In case you're just tuning, we've been having a chat with His Lordship, the Anglican Archbishop of uh, Jos, the Reverend uh, Benjamin Argaqua. She was looking at uh, several things, especially uh, how religion intersects with uh, politics uh, and whether, you know, we can separate the two. Well, 081-2187-7777 or call 90 Nine, nine. Before calling, please turn down the volume of your radio or you turn it off completely and then you tell us the name and where you're calling from. On Facebook, uh, you could head, or head over there at JFM Live and on Twitter at JFM Just to drop your comment. We're streaming this program live as well on our Facebook and uh, okay, Facebook, yeah, Facebook yeah, feed. Yeah, Facebook, so yeah. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page and see what's going on in the studio live. Let's take the first call. Hello. Hello, good evening. Thank you for calling. Please, just your name and where you're calling from. Straight to the point, sir. Thank you very much. My name is Eddie Kumar. I'm calling from Eastern We're listening. Thanks for calling, sir. Actually, I will comment your guest very, very well. And actually, it's very, very unfortunate present uh, election or in this present uh, policy that we are having that the religion is playing a very, very vital role. We have, we have heard a comment from Sheikh Sani Ayaji. Actually, if we hear in Tulaki State, um, 
just speaking in like for the all Muslim Islamists, we have to the denomination. So I, 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 we have a lot of uh, uh, Muslim leaders that they are against what we say. So that to tell you that every religious leader that play a politics that to say that the people will come out to say it. And I'm also calling on that what you have said. It's not only in the Christian party, in the Christian party. We have some they will use their own position so that they will just collect money and then they will lead the people to a, a, another way which is not but some the people now are very very aware of what is going on and I want you to call on Platinum the problem that we have in Platinum is have to unite because if not the politician will divide ourselves thank you we have all the problem for all the present administration and we need to change it and if there's no unity, the changes cannot be. Thank you very much, Complexity. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, well, please, uh, if you call, just one minute so that other people have opportunity to make a comment or ask a question. That would be very helpful. Hello? 081-2187-777 or you call 90 uh, 081-2187-777. Hello. Thank you for calling. Tell us your name, please. We're listening. Um, your guest has spoken very well. These are the kind of people that we need to have in the studio. So I'm urging all the young people on the plateau to please show this kind of religious leaders that will bring divisive in our midst because if we follow them we are the ones that will regret tomorrow so we should all know that today is their own and tomorrow is our own let's do our future and we should come out on mass on Saturday to change this plateau to another level thank you thank you thank you after this, Gilbert will take us through uh, Facebook. Okay. All right, Gilbert. Yeah. On Facebook, we have a number of interesting comments. Pelkuka um, Factors go on. He's saying, good evening to the Father and the Lord there. The tribal, religious, and cultural differences are only putting us to suffering because we can't choose a leader using the criteria above. All the falsehoods on the candidates will naturally pass away because every electorate know the better choice. Vincent, Miles, or Chess says, if only we remember and put humanity before religion, election campaign and hatred towards a particular um, sect, we would have grown more than that now. The Sheikh, Yahajin, you're in question. All right. Um, thank you. Thank you. I can't go on with that comment. Unfortunately, Joke Janet says, greetings to Archbishop. We need to embrace ourselves on the plateau. I'm not from plateau. But if we on the plateau don't love ourselves, the evil ones will come and feast inside. Platonians need to love themselves first. Mafeng Peter says, um, this Saturday's governorship election is between APC versus Plateau State. Sunday Moses AV AV says, for me, it's a waste of time and energy for Plateau people to take Sheikh Jingyu serious. He gave the same threats during the Basa just not federal constituency election. All right, Comrade Victor S. Mangue says, We must learn to live as brothers or perish as fools, hoping for a better plateau. 
Isang Asi says, um, to me, let there be tolerance and everything is going to be all right. Let's vote wisely. Emmanuel Adejumo says the nation was built on, <laughs> all right, on falsehood. That's your opinion. Absolutely. It's a foundational matter. We cannot hack the leaves and think we are dealing with the roots of the problem. Tribalism and religious sentiments are feeding off something we don't want to face. Isang Asi says, okay, tolerance again. Fatsen Abelo says, sadly enough, desperate politicians are using religion and tribes to divide the people of Plateau State. And I bet you these desperate politicians have nothing to offer. Let's use our heads. Peter Agnes is saying, if we truly have Plateau at heart and love it, then we should keep religious sentiments aside and then re also regional differences with denominational differences. All right, long read. Omodan Matthew says, Plateau is the spiritual Jerusalem of Nigeria, so everyone is interested in our land. Plateau belongs to the natives, and we must defend its territory from strange invasion. Kwonsak, can we get back to the phone line? Yeah, sure, yeah. Hello. Hello. Hello, good morning, Kwonsak. Well, I don't know which part of the world you're calling, but uh, it's evening here in Jos. Sorry, sir. My Thank name is Lehman from Magama. Good evening, sir. Thank you for calling. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Ponsak, let me just make my comment briefly. More especially the issue of Sheikh Jingir. I think it's the comment of Sheikh Jingir. Sheikh Jingir is a Nigerian and he has a right to make his own choice or his own opinion. And I think it's thank God that he came openly. He did not hide it or call his people in one side at a hidden place that preached to them wrongly. He came out and told the people, and thank God today I had the, even the uh, aspirant that the, 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 the PDP governorship was in your studio this morning, even he was telling people what he there said is not true. I think it's a very, very welcome that they heard what people are saying about him. He came out and declared the air that telling people whatever people are saying, even, even not only Sheikh Jingir, we had what the APC said about him, we had what the neighbors are saying about him. You understand, but I wonder why Sheikh Jingir is totally different. That's why you see most of the time we are taking religion more, I don't know how will I put it. You understand, the APC are going to name this man as all people, so I think even he win the election, they are going to collect the decision in the court. So I wonder that kind of thing is not a problem. All this Thank thing. First, yes, so please, they should not take religion as a, something to bring problem into the country. Thank you Thank so much, sir. Thank you. Thank you for uh, calling. 081-218777 or you call 90 Good evening. Thank you for calling. Yes, good evening, sir. Yeah, thank you for calling. We're yes, listening to you. Okay, my name is Neman Kevin. I'm coming from the border. Thank you for calling. We're listening to you, sir. Yes, I want to borrow the words of Eleanor Roosevelt, the wife of the former Norwegian president. She said, nobody, no, no, nobody can make you inferior without your own consent. So I want us as lucky people to stand above what people are saying for what will make us affect people. So thank you very much this evening. Um, I look for a better and a posterior solution this afternoon. Thank you. Made me so according to your good intention. Thank you. Thank you. Though. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, let's let's come to you. you you've heard from uh, some of the comments or all of them. Uh, what are you thinking in, in response to some of this comment, sir. I, I agree with most of the commentators because I, I benefited in this plateau state. I benefited 
any good thing that God could give to any child my age to grow, I got it. And by God, I'm going to give it to other people. And in God's grace, I am called to be a pastor. And my call is not about what I get. My call is for me to be a conduit of blessing to any people who come my way. Any people, Igbos, Yoruba, Panshin, name it. In one of the arguments that people have presented when it comes to where people have come from, I have my chaplain, who is from Mopun. I have my PA, who is fair. My chief accountant is from Wokos. My finance manager is from Duke. I don't have anybody around me from Kanke. So it, in that's where I grew up because my father brought the school, the first school in the central region. He brought it to Panshin, 1936, as a grade two headmaster. I don't know this history. People like Baba Maina tell me this. People like Baba Solomon Lar, Yusuf Alajia, Yaya Kwande, they told me your father brought school and we went to school. DIG Palm, Cornell Palm, they, everybody I've met, they mentioned this. And I grew up in that house. I went to St. Luke's Primary, privileged. I finished and went to military school. God called me after that and I came here. I have no reason whatsoever, no reason to segregate on anybody because the gospel that I preach hates segregation. It hates oppression. It hates injustice. It only thrives on truth. And that I'm going to stand for till I die. But how about an aggressor, you know, trying to cause division and confusion in society? I, by the grace what of God, is the response, you know, of the gospel, you know, to that? I do respond to it. I respond to it. And if you listen to one of the... It was a brief uh, mention of something I mentioned. Uh, and I was just invited to a musical group. A beautiful evening I had. Young people sang house songs that touched my heart. In tears I was. And I was asked to bring a greeting. So I warned them about politics. And I said this. And if God blesses my words, this is the battle I'm going to fight till I die. That people who are walking in this manner in the church or outside the church shall be enemies of the people and enemies of God. And we will continue to say it. I don't have weapons. I don't have the arms to arrest anybody. But if God blesses my words, the people who are perpetuating this will have to live with it. But it will not succeed. All right. Well, let's uh, take squeeze it maybe one or two phone calls. Hello. Hello. Good evening, sir. Paul Sang and other discussants in the uh, studio. Thank you for calling. Tell us your name, please. Yes. Uh, this is Prince Longs from uh, Zamaganda. Go ahead. Thanks for calling, sir. Uh, really, I want to appreciate you for your very wonderful work you are doing on the plateau. Thank you. Uh, just a comment on... Uh, what a cleric, Muslim cleric, a jingle said. Uh, really, it is so unfortunate that someone that is supposed to uh, preach peace and true gospel to his followers is making that inflammatory uh, statement. To me, it is not good at all. I, I pray that plateau people will just take it that it is his own uh, opinion because uh, such thing, it, if it cause 
uh, crisis, uh, people like that, he may decide to leave the plateau because I believe he is not from plateau. That is why he is doing all those things. And may God help us. All right. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Yeah. Hello. Good evening. All right, we got you late. Uh, I think we can squeeze in this one. Hello. Hello. All right, okay. Hello. I really don't know what's going on. Uh, maybe Gilbert will... Uh, okay. I pray that it works. I pray this one works. Well, it's not promising. No. <laughs> yeah, we have, no. we have an interesting comment on Twitter, and I think... Okay, yeah, well, yeah. You, can, you can have us take yeah. it, please. Adejumo Emmanuel says... Okay. Uh, Aaron, instead, yeah. In my opinion, we can't subdue it. But we can use it for our benefit by engaging more in intercultural activities and dialogues. The only problem is we shouldn't let another person to exploit our differences and make us enemies just so he can subdue us. Tagan Linus says, um, all right, good evening to the lovely bishop. Sincerely, Nigerian problem is foundational. And um, it's the same thing someone said earlier. Namani Edwin says, indeed, the silence of the DSS over the inciting comments of the Sheikh affirms the call for national apology to late Dr. Obadiah Malafia. Everyone entitled to his or her opinion, but there is a limit. Kumben Bishtu says, this propaganda has made me to just back down campaigns because I'm totally against that as a person. I only mind my business. Yeah, all right, uh, His Lordship, give us your final word. People will be going to the polls on Saturday. Yes. Uh, most of the times they make political decisions based on emotion, mm. how they are feeling. Uh, but again, I'm not saying how they should vote. But what will you advise that it should be their consideration if they head to the polling booth to vote? Mm. And, uh, and, and you've said rightly that even if, if they vote for a bad leader, no amount of prayer is going to change. You know, that bad leader. But I think wisdom, you know, like the Bible will say, is profitable to uh, direct. What will be some of the consideration that you align for people to say, okay, here's what, you know, I'm going to consider before I cast a vote? We're very fortunate in Plateau State for the first time. All three leading candidates are fantastic, very educated, uh, very well grounded in their professions, engineer, lawyer, physician. My encouragement will be to people to vote their consciences and live with it. If in the course of the campaigns, they have swallowed a poisonous campaign and that is going to lead them to vote poisonously, they, they must be ready to live with it. If on the other hand, they choose to vote conscientiously under God, out of convictions to say, for now, these three are wonderful, but this is the one of my choice. You will also live with it. But let me get back to what most people have said in their comments and the feelings of the people of the plateau. If you're going to vote on segregational basis, just know that you're going to feed somebody's pockets. You're going to feed somebody's greed. You're not going to help yourself because politicians are wonderful magicians. They love each other. They will meet to drink tea, regardless of their parties. But you have swallowed a poison. But they are doing okay. Their children will do okay. But you will not be okay. 
So think about that. On the plateau, I will caution. I think that we are given too much to listening to negative religious comments. We should begin to look at the future of our grandchildren. For me, the future of my grandchildren. What shall we do to build Plateau State for three generations to come? That is the reason I'm going to vote. I'm not going to vote for me. I'm not even going to vote for my children. I'm going to vote for my grandchildren. And I'm urging my children to vote for their children and to think about their grandchildren too. That is what we should be looking at. Because if we look at just what we will get, we're going to rot and die because it's short-lived, only eight years. But let's look at how can we build this state that was built before us and we, I benefited from it. I played soccer here. My father doesn't know the coach, doesn't know anybody. I played basketball. My father doesn't know the coach. My father doesn't know anybody. I went to military school. My father doesn't even know where that is. He just knows he's in Zaria. And that is what we must create for people. And I must close by saying that anybody who's preaching a gospel that has not developed the local community where he is, that gospel is false. It must build its people. It must bring people together. A gospel that is segregational and no sensible priest trained, properly trained and ordained will use the pulpit to separate people. Thank you, sir. You can't do that. Thank you, His Lordship. Thank you very much for coming. The uh, Anglican Archbishop of uh, Joss, thank you very much for coming. Well, dear listeners, this is the much we'll take. Do have a good evening. My name is Ponsak Fanab. The news will come your way top of the... Six o'clock by now. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast.